Good. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms. Psalm 23. Before you think, nobody died. Okay, so just because we're in Psalm 23, uh, the casket's not here. That's the only time we seem to look at this. Um, we've, we've done this before, but we're in going chapter by chapter through Psalms in a series, and we're going to be at Psalm 23, and the title of my sermon is Being Led Through Life. Did you hear this week that a man jumped from a 39-story window in New York City, landed in a Dodge? If you want to land in a car, land in a Dodge, because he went 39 stories and broke two legs and lived. Now, you reckon God has a plan for his life? Um... Here, here, let's go to the next slide. There's, there's two things I want to do uh, before we get into this. The invitation, I want you to understand that the invitation starts right now. Not at the end. It starts right now. And the first thing, we're going to expect and obey. That's what we're looking at this morning. Okay? So before we stand, I want, by your standing, I want to see that you're making a commitment this morning. That number one, you expect God to work in this place this morning. You didn't come just to show up and fill your place. Okay? You're expecting God to work. And secondly, that what he tells you to do, you're going to obey. So, if you are making that commitment, stand to your feet, and we're going to read Psalm 23. The Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my choices, soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what? I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup is half full. It overflows. Surely goodness, mercy, or loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning. Just so excited about you, Father. And we're giving you our lives not just this hour but our lives and we're expecting you to reveal yourself through your word and father we're making a commitment that we will obey give us the courage to in jesus name i pray amen you may be seated remember the altar's open right now you don't have to wait for music if something hits you in this service what you need to do is humble yourself and get up right while i'm talking and come and pray you say well i ain't got to come forward to pray let me tell you we've got a big problem in our society with pride i don't think it's a new problem and i think one thing that stepping out does is it helps you with your pride so either you are being led through life or you are wandering aimlessly through life doing the best you know how this psalm, well, let's read Ephesians. Let's bring up Ephesians. Ephesians 4 says this. Then we will no longer be what? What do infants do? They cry all the time. They can't take care of themselves. 
is tossed back and forth by waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. People want to control you, don't they? They want you to do what they want you to do. They want to lead you. People want to lead you. Most churches led by people, not by the Lord. So I want you to beware this morning of that there is a lie and there is the truth going on, both at the same time. The truth is always what the Lord reveals to us. The lie is what everybody else is trying to tell us to gain control over us. There's more than one shepherd trying to lead, but there's only one that's going to lead you where you need to go. We're going to talk about three things, three truths. We're going to talk about needs. Oh boy, we're going to talk about your needs this morning. We're going to talk about the direction in your life, and we're going to talk about protection. So, you ready? There's some things we need to know about first. Sheep need good leadership. Not just leadership, they need good leadership it's not just an option in their life it's a necessity without being led they will die the interesting thing in this psalm is who's being compared to sheep i am you are that's not necessarily a compliment okay here's some things about sheep sheep are defenseless are are we defenseless this is where you talk to me. Are we defenseless in and of ourselves? Yes. If, if you read Ephesians 6, it says, be strong what? Be strong in the Lord. How many times do we, though, wake up and say, God, take the day off? Sheep are easily spooked. Are you? The only comfort that you're going to find is being in the presence of the Lord. Where is the presence of the Lord, by the way? Where, where is it? In, in you as a believer, but everywhere. You ever get lonely? How many of y'all would raise your hand and say you get lonely? Jimmy says we shouldn't. Why would Jimmy say that? You see, we don't really even know what our needs are. We're going to talk about that. Do you know sheep are by nature unclean? They cannot clean themselves. They get, I mean, if you've been around the sheep, they're nasty little animals. Okay. Are we? First John tells us this, right? Eight says, if you say, First John 1 verse 8 says, if you say, let's bring it up, guys. Keep up with me. If we keep going, there you go. If back up, if we say that we well, I, I, right from the beginning, there's there's a deception going on. What's the first deception? Is that you're good people, that I'm good folks. If you say you don't have sin, you're lying. But it says if we what confess our sins and that means of course that we get all by ourselves at home and we say god 
I confess to you all the things that I did wrong today. No. How come we take Romans 10, 9 and 10, confession as being public profession of faith, but then when it comes to sin, we say, oh, that's private. We don't confess that before. We at church would never confess that we're sinners. What would the world think? They would think we're sinners that are dealing with righteousness before God. We'll move on. Cheap or dirty? We are too. Do they feed themselves? Your quiet time this week said what? Go to the next verse. Psalm 104 said, The animals eat when God provides for them. But you think because you got a J-O-B that you provide for yourself. But some of you are finding out you don't have a J-O-B. And maybe it's getting to the point where you don't know what's happening. Who are we dependent on? Good question. Are you totally dependent on God? Here's another thing. Sheep don't belong to themselves. Their wool's not their own. The only thing that sheep are really good for is wool and mutton. It's interesting to me that God brings those two together in the life of Christians. My life as I die, that's the mutton. <laughs> and the production of my life, the wool, is all for what? Him? But we've separated this, folks. In our American culture, we've said this. That God's up there to save me. And once he saved me, his job is up there to make my life comfortable. And nothing could be further from the truth. So are you ready to dive in? Number one truth, here it is. Only God can provide for needs. Say that with me. Only God can provide for needs. You say, why? Here's the deal. You don't even know what your needs are. My little niece, when she was little... She told us that she needed ice cream. She needed ice cream. Do you need ice cream? Well, we were at the store the other day. I walked out. Do you realize that they have a whole aisle for ice cream? That's basically what I said when I got there. I said, no wonder my wife doesn't want me to come to the grocery store. I could just live here. Just go from door to door. Do I need ice cream? No. Look at this. The very first sentence of this thing, of this psalm, tells us what? The Lord is what? There's, it's personal, isn't it? It doesn't say the Lord is the shepherd. He says the Lord is personal. Personal. And I want you to understand that if he is not your shepherd, none of the rest of this applies. Okay? If you don't know what your needs are, it's because you don't know the shepherd who shows you your needs. If you don't know what direction you have for your life, it's because you don't know the shepherd. If you are scared to death and live your life in fear every day, it's because you don't know the shepherd. It's not rocket science here. You see, if I'm a sheep and I understand what I am, I keep my eyes on the shepherd. I follow him look what it says the lord is my shepherd what what that kind of goes against the american way doesn't it? every commercial is you won't you need this 
You won't be attractive to other people if you don't have this. We watched a commercial the other day about Reebok tennis shoes. They never showed a tennis shoe until the end. They just showed backsides. I don't get it. Apparently backsides are going to want to make me buy shoes. That was free. Do you ever find this true in your life? The Walter's never full. I mean, Michael, I'll pick on you. You ever seen something in a magazine or in a store and you say, I want that? And then you, you find out ways to work it out to get it, right? And then you get it, and it's like, I had my eye on a golf club, a driver. Oh, yeah, a driver. I go play golf with that pagan pastor from Corinth. He had a nice driver, and he was out driving me out every hole. Every hole. And I said, it could be that he's a better golfer than me. It's that driver. So I went to the store and looked at that driver. Well, I want that driver. And guess what? I got that driver. Guess what? He still outdrives me. On <laughs> it won't the driver. When can we understand what the need is in my life? The need isn't another driver. The need isn't a man. The need isn't a woman. The need isn't good kids. The need is a shepherd. And if I have a shepherd, what else do I need? Nothing. There's two things that we need in life. We need food and water. He talks about them in here, doesn't he? Look what he says. He makes me lie down in green pasture. That's the food. Here's the understanding of it, that life is going on and we're so busy. Sometimes sheep get so spooked and riled that the shepherd has to grab them, put them on the ground, hold their head down, and put the grass in front of their mouth to eat it. We whine, complain. Most of our prayer requests are about our circumstances. Most of our circumstances are God putting on us on our back, so we have to... Take our sustenance from him. And all we do is pray that they stop. What if God caused you to be sick so you would know that all you need was him? What if God's making your child walk away because he wants to see you that all you need is him? He's the one that can supply. Maybe you feel all alone in the world. Maybe you feel like other Christians are trying to destroy your life. I don't know what you're going through, but God does, and what you need is Him. But we're chasing after everything, aren't we? Well, if I get married, you young people that are here, let me tell you, marriage ain't nothing like it. I'm a big proponent. But guess what? If I'm looking for Sean to supply the needs in my life, I'm making her an idol in my life. And she can never, ever, ever meet that need. He goes on. He says, he leads me beside quiet waters. 
sheep are fearful of running water so a good shepherd would go out and put some stones around make like a little dam so the water would stop and be calm so that they would drink it's even said that sheep sometimes will drown in a, a river just by putting their nose in it and it runs up their nose and they drown they're stupid we're stupid Little things in life that are meant to help us draw near to God. What? They drive us further away. Why? Because we're not following the shepherd. Really, we're misunderstanding what the purpose of the shepherd is. See, if you think that the shepherd is there to make your life comfortable, you are really in for a rude awakening. John Piper says, that's what our problem with prayer is. We think prayer is an intercom that we call down to the front desk wanting another pillow. When really it's a wartime walkie-talkie. The bombs are going all around. I don't know what direction to go. God help me! What does Matthew 6, 33 and 34 say? Let's bring it up. Let's read this together out loud. Go. Do you believe that? We believe the last part, right? Each day has enough flipping trouble of its own. Right? Here's the question I have for you. These things in the first verse, see it? Shake your head if you see it. What are those things? The context of it is all the things that you spend your life worrying about. If you just do one thing, what is it? What's it mean? Seek first his righteousness. Seek first being right with him. That if I'm right with the shepherd, what does that mean? This means I'm following the shepherd. I see him and I'm following him. That's what it means to be right with the shepherd. Do you have to figure out life? Oh, this is good, young people. Kyle, you don't like this. This is good. You don't have to figure out life. You're a senior in high school right now, aren't you? Booyah. This is as big as you'll ever be. Senior, the whole school has to look to you. Guess what? Everybody's going to try to tell you you've got to figure it all out before you graduate. I'm telling you what, you ain't got to figure it out. You've got to do one thing. Follow the shepherd. Follow the shepherd. He's going to show you what your need is. And then he's going to supply it. Not, not the way you think he's going to supply it. But the way that's best for the sheep. What are you trusting in? Tradition? Experience? The way you feel, what you think? Or are you trusting in this? I tell you, if you trust in this, you're going to look very different from the lost world. The psalmist here has come to the point where he says, I'm dependent on the Lord alone. Jesus claimed to fill this prophecy. Let's bring up John 10. Here it comes. Let's read this out loud together. Go.
The pasture is the sustenance that the sheep need. And Jesus is saying, I'm the one. Just come to me. And what? To go in, go out, and you'll find what you need. So what I'm telling you is, if you have all these felt needs in your life, all these things that you feel like you need, maybe ice cream is one of them. But let me tell you what you need. You need a shepherd. And Jesus has already said, I'm the one. If you'll just follow me. But I want this, and I want that, and I want... Faith is, I'm not going to believe what I think I need. I'm going to believe what he says I need. And do you realize that faith is the basis of Christianity? What does Ephesians 2, 8, 9 say? For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not a matter of works, lest you should. Ephesians 2, I mean, uh, Proverbs 3, what? Says what? Trust in the, with all your heart. What's your heart? Priorities. Trust in the Lord with all your priorities. Lean not on your own thoughts. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct. Is that a promise or what? Let's move on. Truth number one, only God can provide for needs. Really, we should make that to say only he can show you your needs. Second, only God can direct humanity. Only God can direct humanity. Look what it says. He restores my what? We've lost touch of this. What this word even means, we've lost. Soul. Have you ever heard somebody say, when someone dies, that they've lost their soul? Do you believe that? Yes, I do. The soul is your will, your choice. It's the divine free will that God has given us. It's not total free will. It's free will to either choose him or run away from him. The shepherd here has the ability to restore your choices. Clean slate, tabula rasa. Sheep naturally wander. They see a clump of grass and they want to go to it. Does the shepherd give up on him? Say, so, well, I had 100. I only got 99 tonight. Big deal. One of the greatest truths that I am starting to learn, and I'm just starting to learn this, and when I'm going through India and the Dalit village is just sticking in my mind because here's people that live in manure. They, they don't have anything to eat God loves them. And Satan and the world system has it set out so everybody just ignores them. And you know what? If I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I could ignore it. But it's real. Are they his sheep? Are they lost? Do they need somebody to come after them? I'm sure glad somebody did for me. It says, he guides me in the path 
the paths of what? How are you going to get right with God? Jimmy says, know who you are. How are you going to know who you are? The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, that your whole mind is deceitfully wicked. You don't even know. So how are you going to know? You'll never come to it on your own. You're a sheep. You need leadership. You'll follow whoever's in front of you. I've always said that your flesh and your spirit, if you're a Christian, are like two dogs on your shoulder, and they're fighting. The one that wins is the one you feed the most. If one sheep wanders, does the shepherd give up? No, he goes after him. Is there discipline involved? Yes. Look at what 2 Peter says. 2 Peter 3.9 says this. Ooh, look at this verse. Read it out loud. Go. Here's what's interesting. To sheep, all the tracks look the same. All the paths look like equal paths. You know, I, I saw from Wendell Elementary School a shirt that the kids are wearing. It says, uh, if you can dream it, you can be it. I want to see some boy grow a uterus. I work in Corinth Elementary. They put up a bulletin board of hands holding the world saying, you've got the whole world in your hands. Really? You see, all the paths look the same for us. You see, we need somebody to show us what the right path is. Many voices telling you what's important, what your priorities need to be. And I'm telling you, if you don't make a stand and a commitment about your priorities, the world will rule your priorities. If you don't fight against your priorities every day, the world will make your priorities. And you'll be so involved in stuff that does not matter for eternity. And your life will go like that. Follow the shepherd. You know he's the only one that has gone down the path that we dread the most. And he's had victory over us. Who's directing your life? God does not direct your life by osmosis. He's not going to do it in stealth manner. You see, the Lord's never going to push himself on you. The only way he will direct your life is if you desperately seek him and him alone. Outside of that, humbling yourself and saying, God, I need you. You're not being led by the shepherd. The interesting thing we talked about with the kids last week is the effectual call of God. We said that there was three aspects of it. Number one, the, the Holy Spirit. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. He works in the same way through every one of us. First, he convinces us of our sin. You see, in and of ourselves, we are not convinced we are sinners. 
Only the Holy Spirit can open your eyes to the fact that you are a sinner. If when the, the praise team was singing about a beautiful Savior and it didn't really mean much to you, it's because the Holy Spirit has never really shown you who you are and who he is. But I guarantee you, if you see who you are and who he is, you're going to be saying, what a beautiful Savior. He convinces us of our sin. Secondly, he enlightens our eyes to see, to know Christ. He enlightens us. You see, outside of the work of the Holy Spirit, we think it's just about coming to church, being good folks, but, you know, mama would want us to be here. There we are living by our tradition. Third, the Holy Spirit renews our mind every day to keep being convinced that we're sinners. And second, to keep illuminating our minds to know Christ more every day. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the way he works. It is always the way he works. He does not work in a special way in your life. He works convincing the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. This is also the witness we have before the lost world, of which we are largely missing on. Jesus said, I'm the one that can direct you. Let's bring up John 10 again. Here it is. Let's read it out loud. Go. Well, we've gone a long way from this, haven't we? We've really taken it from love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself to God love me and why don't my neighbor love me? When he says, if, if he's your shepherd, guess how you know? Guess how you know? You hear his voice and you follow his voice. So how come there's so many people that say they're Christians and neither want to get into God's word and they don't want to follow God's word? Could it be a deceiving scheme that you can have it your way without humbling yourself? Wouldn't that really play right into who we really are? I'm just asking. Truth number one, only God can provide for needs. Two, only God can direct humanity. Here's three. You ready? This is the last one. Only God can protect life. You read that in your quiet time, right? He's the one that breathed life into you, and guess what? When he's good, well, and plenty ready, he's going to withdraw breath from you. It's his prerogative. And here's the interesting thing. What is life? Oh, we've, we've, we've marred this beyond belief. What is eternal life? It's not heaven. It's not streets of gold. It's not pearly gates. It's not Peter and getting through the gate so you can get in. It's not asking Jesus into your heart. It's not getting dunked in a tub. It's not being faithful to church. Eternal life, John 17, 3, is knowing God. It's a relationship with the shepherd wherein I submit to his leadership. And in submitting to his leadership, he guides me. And in guiding me, I get to know him because I followed him. 
Where did I follow him? Verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of death, is that what it says? Some paths are scary, aren't they? You'd be lying if you said you weren't scared of death here. I'm not really scared of death. It's the dying that kind of gets me. You know, we'd all like to go to sleep one day, wouldn't we? Amen? Just go to sleep one day and about 98, 99 years old, full mind, everything going, well, if it, we were 99, we'd say 110, uh, and, and then, you know, just kind of go to bed one night and go to be with Jesus. Wouldn't that be great? But what if God says, I want you to be in pain for five years before you go? I don't want that. Well, guess what? Follow the shepherd. Well, I don't like that path. Now you're going on your own understanding. I don't like pain. How many of us do? Every one of us will go through it. The storm comes. It's coming on us. The fact of who's going to lead you through it? You're just going to wander? I'm just asking questions. You see, shadow, death is just a shadow if you know the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> what can it do? I mean, I'm going to step from darkness to light. I'm going to step from faith to sight. I'm going to step from dealing with my fleshly, sinful nature every day to no more. I'm going to step from knowing God day by day to knowing God day by day. No different. But you, if you think that life is all about this world and what you've got to get materially, boy, you're going to be sadly, sadly misinformed. Look what it says. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is interesting. The rod is power. Staff is defense. Uh, are you ever afraid? You're either operating in faith or fear. I'm telling you. In every circumstance that you come in, you're either dealing with it in one of two ways. If you're following the shepherd, you can just have faith in the shepherd. If you're trying to go at your own, you're going to be scared to death. Because it's a dark world out there. There is an enemy. And he's walking about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may lick to death. Here's an interesting thing. It says, you prepare a table. It seems to change right here. This whole verse 4 changes, but the, the shepherd doesn't change, which is interesting. But it, verse 5 doesn't seem to make any sense until you read about what shepherds do. In India, we actually saw this. When the shepherds, the guardia, gar, yeah, one of those words. When they, when they bring the sheep to a new field, they keep them outside the field first, and they walk around and they inspect the field to make sure that there's not any dangerous plants that they would eat and die. But most importantly, that there's no vipers in the ground that are going to come up and kill uh, the sheep. So what they do is they take oil. And they take the oil, and when they find a viper hole, they take this oil and they put it around the viper hole. Snakes don't like to get oil on them. So when they come up, they smell. Snakes don't see very well. They smell with their tongues, right? Do this with me. That's snakes. They smell with their tongue, right? So they come up the hole. They smell the oil. They go back down. 
Then he takes the oil and puts on the head of the sheep. So if by chance they get through the oil and don't like it all over them, when the sheep come near, they smell the oil. I don't like that. So they go, go away from the sheep. What it says here, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. That's it. You've provided everything for me right in the presence of the very one that wants to kill me. Who wants to kill me? Satan wants to just destroy me. But there is nothing he can do to me if I am following my shepherd. I'm protected. It's when I step out in rebellion against him that I better watch out. As long as I'm following him, he's prepared a table right for me. Everything I need right in the presence of my enemies. Will my enemy kill me? They may. They may not. But they're not going to do it outside of the guidance of my shepherd. Isn't it interesting that the Lord, in John 17, 15, it says that he sent his disciples out in a dangerous world. Let's bring up that verse. It says, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but what? Why would he not want to take us out? Why? If we, if we believed this verse, we would stop praying the way we pray. We would stop praying that God would take away our sickness. What we would pray is that God would work in and through our sickness. We would stop praying that God would make our kids do right, and we would just pray that we would help, we would know God through dealing with them. We wouldn't pray that God would change my husband, but that God would change my, me. That God wouldn't change my wife, that he would change me. You see, ultimately, who's in control? You're only in control of you. And the only way you can change is through him. Look what it says. My cup overflows. We could go into all of this. This is, he's, when there was no stream, they would go to a well and a good shepherd would, would keep giving them water until they drank all that they wanted. That's what it says in Ephesians 3. It says what? Okay, guys. Read it. What power is working in you? Goodness and mercy are the divine sheepdogs it says surely goodness and mercy will follow me all it's interesting that goodness covers your steps mercy covers your stumbles he's right there he's not going to leave you but let's focus on this last well john 10 11 let's bring that verse up john 10 11 back up guys john 10 11 let's read this together go ahead Has he? And what he's asked us to do is to lay down our life as a sacrifice in following him. This last verse says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is not talking about a place. It's talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. The ultimate goal of the psalmist is to know the Lord. To follow him. Do you? Do you follow him? 
let's bring up Psalm 10, 14. I am, back it up, God. Read it. That verse right there points us, it should make you think of a verse that we talk about all the time from Matthew 7, 21 through 23, that says, many will come to me on that judgment day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do all these things? You could say, I, I, I preached, I did miracles, I even cast out demons. How many of y'all done that? I have had the opportunity to do that. I've seen miracles. The biggest miracle I've ever seen is the day I surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus Christ and how he has changed my life. But you know what? None of that's what I'm depending on. What I'm depending on is that each day I'm seeking to know him in a close, personal relationship. Because the verse says, when that day comes, He's going to say to those that are just trusting in what they did to depart from me. I never, what? Knew you. It says you who practice lawlessness. Meaning, you who didn't follow the shepherd but wanted to do exactly what you wanted to do. Now, I don't know where you're at, but I tell you this, and, and I say this every week, and, and I don't understand why some get it and some don't. I think it's because he who has ears to hear can hear, and it's the work of the Holy Spirit. But if you're here and you're just saying, man, I just, God, can't wait to get out of here. You're missing an opportunity, a divine appointment to know God. It's not about this building. It's not about you being here. It's about you and a relationship with the shepherd. And the only way you're going to be successfully led through life is by following this shepherd. Now, I don't care how many years you've lived. If you've not understood this, you don't know what life is. But you can. But here's what it's going to take. Humbling yourself. Not humbling yourself once, but humbling yourself every day. It's not repenting of your sin once. It's repenting of your sin every day. It's not declaring your dependence on him once. It's de declaring your dependence on him each day. So what I'm asking you is, is he your shepherd? Not what you'd like to say. Don't tell me when you were baptized. Don't tell me when you asked Jesus into your heart. Tell me how many sins you have confessed to him by name this week. Tell me how much you desire to get into this so you might know Christ. You see, that's how you know if he's your shepherd. Outside of that, you can be totally deceived all the way to hell. Well, I don't want that. I don't want that in my own life. And I definitely don't want that with you. Would you bow your heads with me? I don't know where you're at. And probably if you were honest, maybe you don't even know where you're at. But I think a good place to start is, God, I don't know where I'm at if you don't. If you haven't confessed any sin this week to God, 
I can guarantee you it's not because you didn't commit any. It's because you're not being empowered by the Holy Spirit. He works this way. If you haven't seen the need to get into God's Word and commune with your Savior, I guarantee it's not because you didn't need it. So either the problem is with God or the problem is with you. Now, I would take a stab at dealing with the second before I would assume the first. So, you've got an opportunity right here. The music's going to play. Nobody's going to sing. Just the music's going to play. The altar's open. I would tell you, step out. Step out when everything inside you is saying to stay seated. Step out. See what God can do if you will humble yourself for him. The altar's open. Come.